Well, this would um, this would better be better than the last one. That's all I can say. Didn't work that, did it? It was. I thought it was a bit rubbish. We all had slight misgivings about it. Well, it was See, ambitious. It, it was ambitious. It was really ambitious. I just didn't know how to approach it at all. And, and so also, we, we, also, Ned, possibly illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not. I mean, that's. God, why are you saying that? Well, I don't know. That's just we a conversation know, we can have. That's just a conversation we can have as a sort of back chat amongst ourselves. Oh, yeah. We don't have to announce it on the podcast. No, no, yeah. I don't think. I don't think it was because we did no, it so badly that no one would actually notice that we were watching the race at the it's, same time. Really. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was quite strange, wasn't it? I was sat there with like a personality disorder cross between <laughs> podcast Pete and commentating Pete because I'm with yeah. you two on both, and you yeah. were like delivering you know quite a commentary type vibe ned i was like oh, well, no, do- and, and we were struggling with david's um connections so then mm. i was like oh i feel the yeah. pressure now to pick up on off this and say something quite commentary yeah. based mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally like that was, pete it was the totally whole thing was just pressure it's weird start that to finish we've spoken about that in the past and i think actually pete's the first one to actually label it and kind of confront it because you've got the most noticeable difference and you do tap into it your different personalities and yeah. it's even I'm impressed. Like, <laughs> Podcast Pete is like just... I, actually, I know quite a lot of Podcast Pete off-air. Mm. But yeah. Podcast Pete has never revealed himself in public till the podcast. And then there's, then there's TV Pete, like InVision Pete. <laughs> InVision Pete, something else. Then you've, yeah. then you've got Commentary Pete. <coughs> commentary Pete's different from InVision yeah. Pete. And then, yeah, very yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, and, and then there's DS Pete. There's DS Pete. DS Pete. Oh DS my Pete. God. There's yeah. oh there's there's Ibiza Pete. I'm going to Ibiza tonight. Ibiza Pete. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just call, let's just call him Party Pete. Yeah, Party just for Pete. two days. There's there's yeah. two pint Pete. Two pint Pete. <laughs> Is he good? Oh, he's a lot of fun. Two pint Pete. Yeah, that's, yeah. So there that's you go. a really good. Yeah. But David, when when you when you raced with him and against him, what kind of Pete was that then? Mostly aloof and at times angry Pete. Quite angry Pete. Yeah. Mm. He was like like yeah. it was just kind of yeah, didn't obviously was really focused on being there but didn't really want to be there and didn't really like people that who were there. Um <laughs> and kind of would dance between being steep in the race, kind of super immersed or yeah just like windmilling verbally at people yeah that's a different windmilling, different windmilling is such a good word i haven't heard that word that's how we used to describe julian Alaphilippe back in the day do you remember david yeah. when we were like describing god oh, that's ages ago gladiatorial Pete, long before you long before you joined the podcast david and i used to riff on if a if bike <laughs> if bike riders were gladiators what kind of gladiator would they be? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And and what kind of weaponry would they be given? You know, would they have one of those really heavy nets that they could just throw over someone like that? <laughs> mm. Or would they have and we decided that what was it, Roglic would always be sitting? No, Roglic would be so you'd have like kind of you'd have like sprinters <laughs> coming in and kind of brawling at the beginning, like the kind of big strong ones. You'd have certain that would be held back for later. You'd have the great yeah. champion that they'd bring at the end to kind of match yeah. the kind of guys who survive but during all of that you just had Primoz Roglic sitting on a stool in the corner peeling an orange <laughs> peeling an orange that yeah. was it just peeling an orange <laughs> and then and then he, but now because this is years later he'd probably be super cool then he'd get up and on this way kind of walking he'd trip up and break his he'd nose he'd trip over something <laughs> and all, the cool, yeah. all the coolness would be gone yeah just when, he, just when he'd thought he'd survived you know I'm thinking yeah. about the gladiator of the film here 
where you've yeah. just got to survive, don't you? Yeah, There'd just be that one moment towards the end, wouldn't it? Who would be <laughs> the gladiator of the cycling peloton in years gone past and currently? Who would be? Um, who was the actor? <laughs> who was he, the famous oh, line? Uh, Are you not Russell, entertained? Yeah, Russell Crowe. Russell mm. Crowe. Is it Russell Crowe? No, yeah. it's not, no there's it? another gladiator. Is there? No. It, Oh. No, uh, it's a guy out of um he does loads. He's Russell Crowe is a gladiator in Gladiator. Alright, it must be him. So who yeah. would that yeah. be? Oh, he's not entertaining. Yeah, it's Russell. So who would be that that would be um Armstrong? No, because he, he loved the entertaining bit, so he'd have been in there literally oh, waiting yeah. for the roses yeah. and blood yeah. to be thrown at him. Um <laughs> But yeah. I kinda think I kinda think I, I, I want it to be a cross between Val Van Verde. Sagan? I would love to see Valverde just always there. Like he's been just in the <laughs> ring for like 15 years, scarred up, everything. No one oh, yeah. can beat Valverde. <laughs> it's like, and he's just this be, Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. He'd have like one eye missing or something yeah. like that. Valverde. You're right. Yeah, though, yeah. You're right. No, you're right. It's Sagan. It's Sagan is the. I would say Because he would just, yeah. he just to be able to destroy everybody, but he'd just get bored of it. And yeah. he might get yeah. a little bit sad eventually and just give up and say, Are we not entertaining you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, how would um how would Jonas Vingegaard win in the gladiator ring? That's too difficult, isn't it? I well, think he might do a lot of. I do think you need wear everyone out just by running away. I don't know if you had running really round good, and round and round. If you had really good preparation and managed to survive, he would at least need two months off the bike um, to spend <laughs> with his family. Then after that, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think he'd win the biggest competition, and then just disappear forever. Yeah, he survived. Get his free. Get his freedom so, from winning. So, oh yeah. yeah. Can, shall I go? Talking about that, that's interesting because uh, famously, a couple of years ago, I made a prediction that very nearly came true about Peter Sagan. It was a good prediction and it nearly came true um, because he's only won, I think, two races since I said he'd never win another race. And they're few and far between. Um, but shall I, I'm toying with the idea of whether or not I go public with my prediction. Yeah, go for it. You have to. Yeah, why, why not? Why not? Why not? Because mm. I mean, it's not going to happen. But if it happens, then everyone will go back to this particular episode of Never Strays Far and revere <laughs> me for all time to come, when they realise what a soothsayer I was. Um, my prediction is that, and I'll say it here, and it's going to be about what six and a half minutes into this podcast. If you want to look for it again in years to come, uh, Jonas Vingegaard will not only not win the Tour de France again, he actually won't win another Grand Tour. Nice. Oh, I mean, it's I, based on nothing other than a slight observation that I made even during the race and now particularly after the race that I don't think he is particularly enjoying his life. Hmm. That's yeah, it's bold. And, and 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 as we all know, Pete, and you know better than any of us, if you don't really enjoy what you're doing you're not going to get the best out of yourself as a bike racer, are you? And he's just won the Tour de France. Where do you, where do you go after winning the Tour de France uh, in terms of motivation? And I'll ask uh, Bradley Wiggins. Well, quite. similar. Well, not similar, <laughs> but a little bit different, but still. <laughs> well, quite. Um, expand well, on that. Quite. Expand on that, Ned. Because that is... Well, quite. <laughs> BBC Ned came out. <laughs> well, quite. Actually, that's another area of discussion we could open up because we haven't got very long in this podcast because you scheduled it for this afternoon, suddenly, David, <laughs> in the WhatsApp group. Quick, let's do a pod. And then you set it all up and then you now reveal that you've, you've got another call. No, it's fine. Uh, we we'll do half an hour. Okay. It's like, it's fine. It's all right, fine. half an hour. Quick, yeah. short show. Well, can I open up this avenue of discussion? At the moment, Gathering in Mallorca, a quite well-funded podcast, mm. 
hosted by Lance Armstrong that you may have heard of. I've actually never listened to it. I gather it's really good. Mm. Um, uh, but hosted by Lance Armstrong, he has assembled an entourage of ex-riders and, well, ex-riders and DSs. And I was wondering if we were well-funded enough to, uh, uh, to organise a similar event mm. in Mallorca, who we would invite and whether there'd be any crossover between our guest list and Lance Armstrong's guest list. There might be one crossover, but the minute you said assembled, I mm. could not have, I could not stop thinking about Avengers. They were like Avengers the Avengers assembled. assembling, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my what, God, you mean Lance's, that's so Lance's true. Crew. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Pete. Avengers assemble on this island and, then, yeah. and they all get together and just take over the world. Yeah. They've got a time trialist. They've got a time trialist. They've got a sprinter. They've got a domestique. Mm. Uh, um, they've got a Grand Tour winner. A couple of Grand Tour winners. And they've got, they've got, a, they've got uh, a, master, a DS. And they've got a mastermind. Oh, yeah. They've got a mastermind DS. DS. Yeah. yeah, they've got a yeah. mastermind. And they've got the kind of... Well, I, I see the DS as being more of an Alfred. Kind of, you know, the butler in Batman. Well, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you one thing for sure. That group of riders right there would never, ever work in the real cycling world because there's too many egos. Yeah, that, that's you're so right, Pete. That now it's fine. Now they're all retired. They all hated each other when they were actually racing, apart from Lance and George. Um, <laughs> otherwise, Lance hated Jan. <laughs> hated, yeah, he yeah. did. Like, really, actually, like, deep down, kind of thrived off his hate for Jan. So it's, rem- it's nice they turned rem- it around. That's good. I, I remember, David, the, the morning of the time trial that you won in Nantes in the pouring rain in oh, 2003. Yeah. Armstrong had been out and done two, or maybe just one, I can't remember. Yeah. He'd been out that morning and done reconnaissance. He'd ridden in the pouring mm. rain. And, of course, Ulrich hadn't. He'd just stayed in bed. And Ulrich slapped down, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember waiting in the pouring like rain in the car park. Yeah. In the car park um, outside uh, Armstrong's hotel for him to come back from his reconnaissance ride. And, and I, we kind of doorstepped him. And I said, I kind of asked him some generic question about how, how, you know, what does he think about the conditions and the rain and everything? And he just said, well, the rain's the same for every man. And then the light, <laughs> like at the end of the interview, the light went off and he knew that we weren't recording. And he went, except it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh. And he, then, he said, uh, and then he said, Jan won't be feeling it. Day. He's in bed. So, yeah. Oh. Well, he's, I mean, I just, it's just, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, when you look at that group of people and, you know, the stories of what Jan Ulrich went through a couple of years ago. And it's like, and actually, it's crazy about cycling. Lance Armstrong's just like, man, I got to go and see him. I got to go make sure he's okay. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, out yeah. of all the people in his life, I tell you what's going to fix everything, Lance. Is what is, is you <laughs> yeah. going to New Yorker to check on him? <laughs> like, yeah. Just bring it all back, you know. The crash, the PTSD, drugs, everything. Plus. You know, it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. We've spoken Jan about this. Hated. We spoke hated about his this. sport, didn't he? He hated it. He hated it. We've spoken about the kind of the the affinity that ex pros have with each other once they're not pros. Because, you know, and it's like, as Richie was saying in the, the interview, we never captured because I forgot to switch on his mic. Uh, his, his, um, his ambition, his last race was just to go and apologize together. And, and even when Pete was flirting with doing the tour, tour of Taiwan in a couple of weeks, he was saying, oh, oh, yeah. go That's there and I'll, I'll get to apologize to people as well. Huh. Because then you're just closing the door on it. But yeah, when you see that, I mean, I sent the picture to you and I saw it because I follow Lance obviously on socials and and also George and all those guys. And it was such a funny picture because they're on that sofa 
like in <laughs> New York, <laughs> and it was it looks just way too cozy, you know. Yeah. You just and it's one of those kind of things where you, th- I mean, that's why it's probably it does work so well because they're just having a laugh together. But it's mm-hmm. you know, and it's just they're not. I'm not sure they really are there for the audience. It's kind of they're just doing their yeah. own thing, and but it is is quite. Ah, there's a there's a little bit of uncomfortableness about it for me because it's just kind of like, wow, you guys literally are having the best time of your life. <laughs> and it's okay, just, okay. Would, yeah, yeah. Would you, David, if you in the unlikely event, if if you'd been invited, would you have gone along happily and been part of that? Well, I don't have to come back because I'd never be invited. Why wouldn't you be invited? Because Lance and I have friction, and Johan and I have friction, and right. yeah, right. and that's why. Yeah. Okay. And then George okay. is scared of Lance, or does it respects yeah. Lance? I'll put respects Lance. So, well, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm persona, persona non grata. We could we could recreate a couch where you oh, have no. like you, Pat McQuaid, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thomas Bach. <laughs> the opposite of what it was or what it is. <laughs> Paul Kimmage. Oh. Yeah, Paul, Paul Kimmage. <laughs> And who else could we get? Oh my god, that would be so good. The Swanee, really get the Swanee there. That, yeah, that blew the get, whistle a little uh, bit. Michele Ferrari. Oh yeah, Can't Jonathan uh, Vorters. JV. Yeah. You'd have to have JV as your DS, just sitting on there. I didn't recognise Bruneil. I had to send that photograph onto the WhatsApp he group. Looks, and I circled him and went, "Who's that?" He looks strange. <laughs> he looks strange. He looked, re- yeah. he looked really strange. Because yeah. I used to think he looked, used to look a bit like John Travolta. A kind of like John Travolta gone to seed a little bit. Had the same sort of chin. Got yeah, thing. yeah, he did. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but, yeah. but I didn't recognise Hincapi either. He looks no. a good Nick. <laughs> you were like, "Who's who's the guy with the beard? Who's the beardy guy? Who's the beardy guy?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so one day we'll do that. And I think the good thing about us is we're we're not going straight into the kind of the, the hot shot Mallorcan luxury experience with the Avengers. We're going to start in Torbay on November the twenty first. Uh, oh, is this a big? This is the big announcement. This is yeah. the first of our our very uh, smooth um, David our portfolio Thanks. of events. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're we're going to be um, title sponsors to uh, one of the six. British Cycling National Cyclocross Series, number four in Torbay. It will be the NSF National Cyclocross event. Literally, the name bears the name of the race bears the name of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like the like the Amgen Tour of California, or the Bink Bank Tour. One <laughs> or, of those. Yeah, or, <laughs> or Eneco. Eneco Tour. That was Eneco was an electric company. Amstel Gold. Amstel Gold. Oh, Amstel Gold race. That's a good one. Uh, we're right up there. We're in that yeah. category. What's amazingly cool about it is that this race is um, held under UCI uh, ordination, isn't it? So it's a UCI yeah. sanctioned race. This is not nothing. This is a <coughs> major deal. And we're yeah. a huge part of it. <laughs> so what's so what are we gonna so apart from just being dead chuffed that, that we've got the our name on the we're actually gonna be there, aren't we, on the day? We are. Yeah? And it's um, so. So there is. Let me just go. So it's the nineteenth and twentieth of November. So the the elite race is on the twentieth. This is a Saturday and Sunday. Um, We're intending to arrive um, probably for the evening of the nineteenth because obviously we're quite big stars and we can only do a certain (laughs) amount of time. Uh, Perhaps try and do a live pod that evening somewhere. But then maybe hire a little venue and and hire a little venue. We might fill it out. Yeah. Get some ticketed yep. sales. Get some. Meet the people. 
um, yeah. charge yeah. only a small amount. Um, and well, we've then got to, we've got to cover our costs. Somehow, got to cover our we? costs. That's the thing. Yeah, and yeah, then come over from Spain. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming from Spain. Pete's coming from the Rock. You're coming from yeah. Lewisham. Um, yeah. But then on the Sunday they've got the actual elite race, <laughs> and they're 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 sending us pictures. We've got a WhatsApp group with Rob and Andy, uh, the organisers, yeah. and they got diggers out. I mean, we're two months away. They're already yeah. digging this they're place organized. up. They're organised. They're organised, Pete. They're thinking way ahead. And yeah. they're putting like they're they're putting in new elements. To this and I don't know the names of all these things, but we're going to be there, and we're going to have um, a, a marquee tent type thing um, on what will be the the best spot. Marquee tent type thing. <laughs> Uh, we'll have um, sound. You mean uh, like the one, a bit like the one that we use at the ITV set to yeah. keep the rain off? Uh, yeah, like a, a, bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a thirty quid gazebo from B and Q. Nah, we're going we'll go like that, but bigger. Um, we'll okay. have um, a fifty quid one. We'll have boom boxes. Um, we'll have a bar. We'll have a bar. Yep. Um, and yep. we'll be there doing some live podding and hanging out and yep. just experiencing cyclocross for the first time. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna gonna, be I, think it's, I think it's going to be awesome. I genuinely yeah. think it's going to be awesome. So yeah, so we're going to so set up on. We're going to we're going to own one of the corners of the circuit, aren't we? We're going to set the up there, and that's going to yeah. be like all branded up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. mega. And we're going to uh, and, and and also and just so our listeners understand, <coughs> when we're having these introductory calls with um, Rob, the organizer, the first thing that Ned asked for was that if he could go on the podium. Yeah, yeah, I know. And 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 I think he said yes. I mean, like, this is quite this is kind of thrilling. And then I found out because on the first call that we had, there was actually a chap from um, British Cycling there. This is how this is how like above board and you know uh, and, and and kind of important this is. There was a representative of British Cycling who confirmed that the podium on which I will be standing next to the winning rider and you two as well, um, the podium is actually the podium. It's the British cycling po- non-podium podium that yeah. doesn't have any raised area at all. It's just the back of a van and a bunch of um, advertising logos for British cycling at the back. Yeah. And it's actually that one that we talked about in the podcast. So I am going to be one of the dignitaries on that podium and I'm absolutely thrilled. We need to, um, we need to present something to the winner, don't yeah. we? We can't just stand there and like, not give them anything. There's going to mm. have to be, you know, we'll have to think about that. That's super true. Well, by then we'll have merch. Will we? Maybe. Will we? Well, what do you mean? Will we? so. We're both looking at me like. Well, you're, you're the merch, you're the merch guy. guy. You're the yeah, merch know, guy. Yeah. We will. We will. We will have. Well, well Connor, who is is, yeah. is kind of going to help us with that, <coughs> who does all our, who's leveled up our our art design, um, and has put together some stuff for us. Connor Brady. Uh, Connor Brady. Listener, good friend. Yeah. Northern yeah. Irish based in the states so yeah so we'll have some i think we'll have some really good stuff i think it's going to be a bit of um uh, coming out of the i'm going to say coming out of the closet no. coming out of the woodwork coming that's out of the woodwork yeah that's better probably Maybe. I mean, yeah depends um but yeah um, we're going to go out there we're going yeah. to be out there we're going to be mingling and you know and then that gives us the opportunity i think further down the line and aspirally aspirationally or not to be organizing events further as see and sitting on sofas well, with uh random ex-pro cyclists <laughs> yeah oh, so that's the, yeah. that's the whole idea is to get to that point You've got to get up where we're in mallorca with a couch <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's not actually our life goal, listeners. But uh, yeah, I think one it will be part of our portfolio of potential events. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, joking apart, this this isn't stuff we can confirm, is it? But there are two, at least two other events. Yeah. Just you know, yeah, just tinkling away in the background. That early mm. sort of like you know things being so it could be, it'd be it'd be really cool because mm. you did an event. Just before the tour of Britain, David, in, in London, didn't you? The Via shop, your, your yeah. pop-up shop for Chapter 3 stuff in, mm. around the back of King's Cross. And that sold out. That was absolutely packed. Yeah, and it was, um, it was rammed. It was, yeah, the, for our live, our live mm. podcast recording. So there is an appetite there. Yeah. There is yeah. an appetite. Oh, can we talk about... So I heard... Um, uh, can we just revisit the World Championships mm. quickly? Like, back to the race? Yeah, with pleasure. Because we didn't really visit them in the first place, did well, we? Well, I do think it's... Um, because I was then kind of afterwards, I was regretting I hadn't stayed at home. I went to Chapter 3 Studio and, and sat here with Archie. And kind of, because mm. he's... Then I thought, actually, it'd probably been the worst race for him to watch. Because yeah. Remco just rode away. I'd just been sat, and sat there just, that's Remco, over and over again for like an hour. And yeah. is Remco going to destroy the sport? I don't know. What do you think? I, it was a strange world. I felt really disconnected from this year's world. I know it's the time zone doesn't help, and mm. but after uh, it came to me the other day, and I was like, he just won the Vuelta, so th- he's been able to do that. What he's done at the Worlds in so many one-day races before, and the fact that he just went and won the Vuelta in the way he did, I can't believe mm. I just didn't even see it coming. Yeah, you, I, I didn't even before the race. I wasn't like, oh, he's just going to ride away. I've, I, you know, I was talking about in my own head about other riders who could potentially win it, but now it just seems so obvious what was going to happen. Mm. Well, I mean, it's but that's the thing with Remco. I mean, you say it in hindsight, but if it was that obvious the moment he got off the front with like seventy k's going that big group, it was you'd be like, don't let Remco go. But even on a course, everyone's like, well, it's a pretty easy course. It's kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, we keep underestimating it. Yeah, yeah. You know. This is the dude who every single bike racer, Lance, we're speaking about Lance Armstrong before, even Miguel Indrain, uh, Bjorn Rees, kind of, all of them have wanted to win the age by attacking on Lara Dutton and going long. None of them could. Mm. Remco, mm. in his first Liège, 22 years old, or I think it was 21 when he actually won uh, uh, Liège earlier in the year, when he attacked, he wheel spun. And then he rode on his own for 25 kilometers into a headwind and destroyed everyone. That's the stuff of dreams. And then the stats kind of on the race even are, are bonkers regards the world. He's the first rider to win by more than two minutes solo in the Road World Championship since 1968. What? You know, it's kind of these, are, that's like 54 years. And there's only four other riders in the history of the sport who've won a monument, a grand tour and a world championships in the same season. Isn't mm-hmm. it mad? Isn't it mad that you say in cycling, there's always this saying, you're only as good as your last race. So Tadej Pogacar, or, or let's say Egan Bernal, hero. Like, amazing what he did, winning the Tour at 21. And then you've got Tadej Pogacar, oh no, Tadej Pogacar at 21. Then you've got um, Egan Bernal before then. Bernal, Bernal was 22, wasn't he? 22. When he won it. So he yeah. was the youngest, second youngest in history. Yeah. And then Tadej Pogacar became the youngest. Now... Uh, no, mm. Hmm? I've done that's true. Sorry, I think anyway, they're Cornet's. all super young. Anyway, yeah, they're all roughly <laughs> the same age. Yeah. <laughs> they're all super young. Forget the stats. <laughs> Pete, why aren't you stats man? <laughs> but we need somebody. But the bottom line being, they kept kind of outdoing each other. And you were like, yeah. well, no one's going to be better than kind of what Tally Pogacar yeah. was doing. Then all of a sudden, 
Rem Kervenpool's here, and in the space of yeah. six months, or actually three months, with the world, with San Sebastian, the Vuelta, yeah. and the Worlds, and his Liège early in the year, suddenly Tari Pogacar looks like, eh, I know. meh. <laughs> <laughs> He's won a lot. You know, Remco, Remco has won a lot this year. Yeah. He really has. You know, it started right back in February with a stage of um, Valenciana, then an individual time trial, uh, and a stage, and the GC of the Algarve, then... Um, then Liège, as you say. Then he took three stages in the Tour of Norway. Then he won the individual time trial at the Tour of Suisse. He won the individual time trial at the National Championships, Belgian National Championships. Then he won San Sebastian. Then he won two stages in the, and the GC of the Vuelta and now the World Championships. It's a huge list of winning. And it's been consistent throughout the, throughout the year. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's like, but that's another reason why I come back to my ludicrous prediction about Jonas Vingegaard. Because he's got he's got Remco and Tadej Pogacar, they're absolutely going to be flying at him for the years to come. He's got to defend against those two, uh, you know, a revamped, rebuilt Rem, um, Pogacar and Remco at the Tour de France. That's hard. That's not going to be easy for Vingegaard to cope with. Yeah, and I think it, it's it says a lot about his characteristics as a bike rider and his personality. The fact that he doesn't win all the time. You know, yeah. he played a support role in the Dauphiné, probably for his sake, you know, for him to take the pressure off himself. It, it worked perfectly for the Tour de France, but he's not that guy who wants to go 100%. to every bike race and take uh, a win, uh, is he? Like these other guys, like these other guys. And I was yeah. just looking, at, while you were talking now, I was just looking at some of the, the, the individual stages that Remco has won, because it got me thinking when you said, David, is that, is Remco killed cycling? Is that going to be it now? He just attacks from 50 kilometers out and wins by three and a half minutes. Actually, there is a huge variation if you look at the results in how he's won some of these bike races. You know, one of the stages of the Tour of Norway, he won a, he won a kind of group of 10. He, he, he's got a kick on him. You know, he won a sprint from 10 riders, 10 good riders who came to the line together. You know, so it's not always just that. There's mm -hmm. more to him than that. And I think he's a little bit misunderstood in that sense. I think yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I think it... I, and I think... <clears throat> Pete and I got to experience this when we were younger when you're and that's why we ended up being world tour races etc and Pete ending up being the first British rider to win on Alpe d'Huez um, yeah, yeah he um, was I think I think yeah. that's right I think it's yeah. actually I think it's correct <laughs> so, so yeah. I had to start somewhere and it started somewhere when you're in junior races and you could just ride away from everybody which is kind of crazy and that's kind of then allows you gives you the foot up you're spotted then you move on to the next category best years of my life Best years of my life as well. I loved them. It's like, oh, the break's got two minutes. I'll go now and just bridge across, then drop them. You know, and those were that, those were the juniors. Remco still does it at world tour level. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still like that super junior who destroys other juniors. And I mean, yeah. we watch Lutsenko all the time and have so much respect for Lutsenko. And in the world, yeah. he just rode Lutsenko off the wheel. Yeah. You're just like, really? It's just, it, and it's truly, I mean, Pogaccio with all his attacking and his fiery nature and Vingegaard with all his preparation, the Jumbo Visma and the method, method, <laughs> the methodology he has, thanks to Jumbo Visma and the kind of support team, it's exceptional. And that very much down the team, Minios, Team Sky, kind of GB British culture. Pogaccio, this outlier, this wonderful fiery bike racer who just lights stuff up. And then Remco's brought something else. And it's kind of super freak. Kind of, he legit is super freak. And it's going to be so interesting. This is when you were, you, you proposed that perhaps for Jonas Vingegaard, it's the last Grand Tour he'll ever win. If I was at home <laughs> in Denmark, enjoying my quiet life, I'm set for life now. 
monetary wise yeah. and accomplishments yep. from 25 yep. you've just had to do the fight of your life and a series of circumstances the best team in the world to beat Taddy Pogacar I'd, I'd pack it in and I'd then, pack it in and you think well Taddy <laughs> Pogacar that's one thing oh my god Remco yeah it's exactly like, that's that's a battle for the ages Remco and Taddy Pogacar yeah. I don't know where I don't know where Jonas Vingegaard fits in that oddly uh, well it comes down to passion doesn't it Yeah. does he have it that's the be all and end all because if he doesn't then Nedja yeah. quite possibly could be right yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good stuff. Um, uh, we, I think we need to. Um, what, do you need to go, David? Or not? No, 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 no. It's okay. I've, I've, I've okay. kindly said to somebody longer. How funny was it? It really made me laugh to read Christophe Laporte's comments because um, Pete, you you correctly identified the, the terrible commentary we did over the line. You correctly <laughs> identified eventually that that was Christophe Laporte. I was like, David Arno fumbling around. <laughs> <laughs> Some Frenchy. It's Demar in it, and I had to look at the start list to realise Demar wasn't there. Um, and anyway, it didn't look like Demar because it's Laporte. Obviously, it's Laporte. I mean, but, um, <laughs> well, he was my favourite rider, though, wasn't he in the tour? So I've got a yeah, bit of connection, true. so I can spot him so easy. Because like with you and Paddy Bev and Ned, you just yeah. straight away yeah. know exactly who it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good he's really good um, Christophe Laporte but he didn't but to read his comments he had he knew he was sprinting obviously and he knew he'd won that sprint he had no idea what position he'd finished in he had no idea oh, that, really? that was a sprint for the silver medal no idea what? oh because there's no radios or anything. no radios no radios so none of them knew where they were and I think Van Aert said something similar he said I didn't know whether I was sprinting for 16th place or second I had no he knew that well, Van Aert knew that Remco oh, was off the oh front, they knew Remco was, was gone okay yeah because I was going to say yeah otherwise. they knew Remco was gone but they didn't know what was in between Remco and where they yeah. were you know? otherwise and I'd also yeah sorry, with the Pete. course they yeah. didn't realise where they were they just yeah. the, the, only, yeah. the only time they knew where they were on the course was when they hit the climb and they were like oh we're on the mm. climb because the rest of it looked the same so yeah. Yeah. you know it took them time to catch up with everything didn't it I was going to say that would have been yeah. a perfect symmetry if Laporte had crossed the line and put his arms up when he'd be the he'd been the one in the Calais stage when Walt Van Aert won and Philipson put his arms up, and it was Laporte oh, yeah. who was there just like kind of got up to next to him and just pointed ahead and said, "Who's oh, that yeah, guy?" I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> poor, poor old Philipson. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or imagine if the sprint was that close for second that they both looked at each other and were like, <laughs> yeah. "Who won?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. That kid is two minutes up the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's absolutely brilliant, showers. isn't it? If you compare you compare road racing to any other sports you know compare it to football and cr- what Christophe Laporte there has essentially done is just blasted a shot in left footed from the edge of the box and it's nestled in the top right hand corner it's a stunning goal that he scored and he wheels away towards the corner flag to celebrate in front of his fans but he's got no idea what the score is <laughs> it's yeah. like I know I've just scored is that an equaliser it's absolutely still, um, insanity is it a consolation it? goal is that, are we 4-1 down now or what is that a goal Golden goal? <laughs> yeah. Oh what now? I don't care. It's a great goal, though, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. We should we should probably we should probably actually touch on as well the kind of the the, the ultimate grand slam that Van Vluten did. And yeah, completely. Holy crap! Because I was watching that race, and because the Netherlands have the most terrible jersey now. Yeah. What awful? happened to their yeah. bright orange? No, I mean I that's don't know. just glorious. That's their, that's their brand. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, a washed-out white. So I didn't yeah. know who it was when it when that when she make, attacked. Make sure yeah. that our merch doesn't look anything like that, David. No, no, we'll I think we've identified it. Yeah, okay. Connor and I yeah. will do that. But I felt okay. bad afterwards because I so didn't expect it to be Van Vluten because she'd been in hospital that week having elbow surgery and doing different things. That when she crossed <laughs> the line, and I, and I said, I was there with Nicole, <laughs> and I said, "Oh, look, she didn't even didn't even put her hands up. Didn't oh, even yeah, salute." She didn't. 
because she couldn't because her elbow's broken. Yeah, true. And, yeah. So, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But she, well, in well, the back of her mind, she might have been thinking as well, there might be 5% of doubt as to whether or not there was a rider off the front because that happened true. to the, yeah. that, the Olympic yeah, ride race. true. Thing. But you oh, also, right. you, you, know what, you know what she did as well, though, which we've spoken about this before. She crossed the line, didn't put her hands up, not much motion, stopped her Garmin or Wahoo, whatever oh, it was. Yeah. First thing she did when she crossed the world, just like, oh, stop. Madness, isn't it? And I was yeah. like, are you oh. joking? Wow. Yeah, that's but then that she didn't even yeah she might not have known she'd won uh, and yeah, to be I fair to her know. she did spend the whole race in so the, the way she won the race was essentially how she rode the whole race off the back onto the group through the group off the back because she was really struggling wasn't she because I don't know if yeah. she couldn't get out of the saddle or it, it was on the climb most laps and she just did the whole race like that yo-yoing she was never really going with moves she was always coming back the last one she did she just went through Across the line and won. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It was. And there's a lot. Of, there was a lot of people saying, "Well, why didn't they? You know, why didn't they get on her wheel and all that kind of thing? Why oh, did they yeah. allow her to do that? That I mean, but because they couldn't. She just invested so much in that last attack. She absolutely flew. She just flew past them. And because she, she it had reminded that me of speed it, as it, well. it reminds me a bit of um, what's that stage of the tour late on where Wat Van Aert was rescuing a was it the Roglic group or something he'd gone back to bring a group up to the front of the race <sighs> Wat Van Aert Testing and he came out. and he do you remember he was on the front of this group of sort of like a dozen riders and I think Roglic was on his wheel and he got up to where Vingegaard was and Pogaccia and he came in so hard that he just flew <laughs> flew the group straight past them and David and I were commentating and it actually made us laugh laugh out loud because Van Aert just had no idea how to go a little bit more slowly oh and, God, that was magical yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but but uh, there's something about the coverage because it was the kind of helicopter shot that when Van Vluten attacked just on the right, it was just so devastating. Uh, they couldn't react, could they? No one no. could make the jumper get on her wheel, and she yeah. won it in an instant. It was um, it and was there's 17 cool. years, 17 years of age difference between Remco Evenepoel and Annemiek Van Vluten. <laughs> it's mm. just incredible. But I think you've spoken about this, David. The way that there's more and more evidence isn't there that um female physiology lends itself towards uh endurance levels um, you know going Improving. up or, or certainly yeah. being maintained um at a far greater age than than is yeah. the case with men and it seems yeah. to be really borne out it really is i mean i think it's it's shown i mean there's a couple of reasons but i think generally it's it's something that you see over and over again for one reason or another i think women are just stronger and more more uh, uh designed to kind of strengthen as they all they age whereas men kind of testosterone drops off and the kind of the advantages we have through hormones male hormones tend to drop off and we weaken whereas women go the opposite direction almost which is really interesting yeah yeah mm. but i i did feel i mean i did feel for that group of riders who got beaten by van vluten and i don't think that they've got themselves to blame they were just beaten by a better rider but they are they are those riders. There was Kashia Nivyadoma was there, uh, Cecilia Utrup Ludwig and uh, Ashley Mulman Passio. All of those riders, one way or another, really have to, you know, they're, don't, they're not prolific winners, any of them. You know, Cecilia Utrup, mm. she's had her best year ever, but I think she's only won two races and the general classification of the Tour of Scandinavia. But the problem that all of those riders have, generally speaking, and don't forget how relatively thin the women's peloton is in that they have to compete at all the World Tour races on all different types of parkour because that's that's the that's their job, you know. But the problem that they have race after race after race is that group of riders are not among the best climbers and, they do, and they're not among the fastest finishers. And they'd managed to manipulate a race situation 
uh, there at the World Championship Road Race where the best climber, Annemiek van Vluten, was dropped. And the fastest finishers, um, Lorena Vibers and um, Elisa Balsama, the defending world champion, weren't there. And so they, they had this kind of almost unique opportunity amongst themselves. One of us is going to win the... One of us is going to win the rainbow jersey and this chance won't come along very often in our entire career because one or other things will mitigate against it. And all of a sudden Van Vluten just blindsided them gladiatorially with a kind of like, yeah, a, a, a swish of the sword. I mean, it's, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think they were all just so focused on that group that they were in as well that they just yeah. weren't even thinking about, you know, anything else, were they? Yeah. Thanks. Hey, what about some, um, what about uh, the Welsh young Superstars at the ah at the, the Baxter, Baxter, eh? Zoe Baxter and <laughs> was Zoe geez. Baxter and Josh Josh Tarling as well who yeah. won the um oh, the junior 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 world road junior race. junior road worlds yeah yeah uh, that was interesting insane. about him like, it's obviously been a a lot made of him in the last yeah. year particularly with going to Ineos straight hasn't. away which I think is wrong personally okay, um, so straight from junior to world tour straight from junior yeah. to Ineos yeah yeah um, they don't have a development program like uh, Jumbo Visma where they can drop mm. in and out uh, which is great that that makes it almost you know understandable mm. um but i just think you miss so many good years not only for development but of your life not experience under 23 racing the, the, i said i said before yeah. about junior racing being great but under mm. 23 racing is like it's like the university of your cycling career yeah it's true. so much fun and if i it would really well if i if i can imagine my life without that now I'd be missing a huge, huge part of it because those years in Italy with Matt Chiandri, Rod Ellenworth, best years of my cycling life, um, mm. no- nothing comes close to it. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's that reason. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. They might have a, yeah. it's, it's changed, hasn't it, as well, the sport. But from, yeah. from my point of view, um, it's not It's not necessarily, it's, you don't need to do it either. That's, that's so true, Pete, because that's something I was actually thinking about recently was kind of where my my career kind of went fast track through briefly and didn't have that camaraderie of kind of GB team, went to France, turned pro, French team. And all my friends were at university or kind of going into life. Coffees, coffees, time trial. This is such an injury because no one will ever know kind of that. But um, but yeah, those those kind of two or three years we get to learn and actually kind of, I want to say grow up, but experience or build more friendships. Because think of all the friendships you have, Pete, from those under 23 days yeah. and the GB team. They're all and still your your core group. And David, you can be a 19-year-old kid yeah. with other 19-year-old kids yeah. racing your bike and having fun. He's going to go into this team. He's going to be sat around the table with, you know, 30-year-old guys mm. with kids, mortgages. Mm. He's, you know, he's going to barely have anything in common with anyone. And I just, yeah, I just, yeah, you miss out on, on so That's what much, happened to me. Um, I was yeah. having a room with Maurizio <laughs> Fondrias as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old. <laughs> I mean, think of the, think of the fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah. then, but then also, with oh, he obviously won the Junior World, but then I was looking yeah. at the Junior Tour of Wales results. Yeah. And he, I, I can't recall off the top of my head now. He might have won one stage, but he wasn't Remco in it. He was no. two minutes down one day, you know, huh. a minute down the other day. So it's not like you'd expect someone who's going straight to Ineos. Bear in mind, when you're an under-23, you're like, in order to turn pro, never mind go to the biggest team, I need to win maybe however many races, however many top tens, and then maybe I'll deserve my pro contract. Mm. Where I'd expect someone to be just going to the Tour of Wales and destroying it every day if they're going straight to yeah. Ineos. I, I just love the fact you just coined Remcoed it. 
that's like Cody. that's that's your, that's going into the 2022 Oxford Dictionary. Like I said, mm. yeah, oh, yeah. Remco. But, but hey, you know, but, what do we? But know? He does look. I mean, it almost makes you wonder whether they've signed Tarling on numbers. You know, on the on the, on the strength of on the strength of what they know about him physiologically, because he looks like a finished rider, doesn't he? He's very yeah. very tall. He's beautifully. His position on a bike's amazing. Um, so but, what yeah. what I've heard is. Um, and this seems to be happening more and more now. Is they've signed him, so no one else signs him. Yeah, because Sporting FDJ move. could offer him a uh, place with their feeder team, uh, Yumbo, like I said before, could. And you know, there's plenty of other other teams out there as well. So it's just a case of well, we've got to sign him, otherwise he'll go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. they're basically just kind of hedging their bets. So it's kind of yeah. they'd rather kind of get him locked into what seems now an amazing contract to an 18 year old and mm -hmm. kind of they might be losing a few hundred thousand over a few years if it goes wrong but if he then goes to another team and three years is killing it that's going to cost them millions millions yeah 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 interesting but yeah it's exciting excited to see yeah. you know what type of rider he mm. turns into and the results he manages to get or even just mm. how his career pans out to be honest yeah huh. i see that the um i see that uh the boy, I forgot, I've forgotten his first name now. Only David, who uh, was riding for the DSM development team. Do you remember at the Tour of Britain? Oh uh, yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah. Scott, he's oh God. On, damn it. Only, I've forgotten forget. his first name. <laughs> Oscar, oh, Oscar, 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 Oscar. Thank you. His dad's gonna thank kill you, me. Oh my yeah. word, you are in for my it. His dad's gonna <laughs> kill me. I'll just prepare myself. Do you think he's a Twitter. Do you think he's a podcast listener? Oh, I don't well, know. He might be. I fixed it last time. But oh, you like me anyway. Yeah, get the apology right. in. Uh, Sorry. Anyway, Sorry, he's he's lining up in the um the Crow Tour against Vingigor, Vingigor, and Only. Be interested. He? Just one eye, one eye on how he goes, because he's yeah. another one who you just think, where's he going to be next year? I think he, is he do one more year with the DSM development team, but he's going to be snap. He's going to be World Tour, isn't he? Before too long. Yeah. Oh yeah, has Def to be. Definitely. So good. Definitely. So good. You'll be commentating on uh, on him in the Tour de France, and probably still forgetting his first name, David. Still forgetting his first name. Yeah. Before I kept you know forgetting. It. I kept forgetting Glog, Glog's first name Matthew. in my commentary of the Tour of Britain. <laughs> <laughs> I kept calling him Matthew for some reason. It was like the it was like Matthew the Glogue. dying embers of a long season of commentating, and I just started to it lose was, the plot towards. Yeah, it was. It must have been the disciple chat on the on the one of the podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> going set to you the Bible. <laughs> Matthew Glow. Matthew. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Yeah. So what's no, next, Zoe, guys? Oh, Zoe, oh, just just last one, Ed. How's the show going? How are yeah. the rehearsals? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, well, my costume is starting to arrive. His <laughs> 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 face. <laughs> just like he did a proper like dog tilting his head. Look at you. Yeah, Costumes. yeah, yeah. Costume? Well, I can't. I'm not going to give away what the costume is, but it's starting to arrive, and I've been trying it on. I got. I got to take one of the items up to um, have it altered slightly uh, because the um, the I've got quite short arms apparently, which I never realised. But yeah, for my yeah, got quite short arms. Odd. Um, so the cuffs are slightly too long. So that's going to have to be changed. No. I, as you, I, so I'm doing a tryout night that is now sold out in a tiny venue in London um, on Friday, and then on the eighth. Actually, I'm going to literally just run through the, yeah. the dates, not the dates, but just the places I'm going to. Because if you're listening, you might be. 
close to one of these. In October, I'll be in Plymouth, Launceston, Poole, Newport, Bristol, Exeter, Froome, Hereford, Doncaster, Southport, Colwyn Bay, Buxton, York, Ilkley, Newcastle, Lincoln, Cheltenham and Richmond in southwest London. In November, I'll be at Newbury, Southampton, Horsham, Leamington Spa, Salford, Leeds, Loughborough, <laughs> Berryton Edmonds, Ulverston and Edinburgh. That's October. a huge list. <laughs> I was like, Ned, you forgot to you forgot to start the next month. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? So it's just going to be insane. Meanwhile, Pete That's will be mad. found in Ibiza the next two days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you Ibiza? You just going with some mates? Going to the White Isle with my brother. Oh God, with your brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are going to Ibiza. Yeah, for the two days, then back for a week. And then I'm going to yours and David, well, Ned's and David's favourite place to, well, at least commentate. Uh, Antalya. Antalya. <laughs> Antalya. Yeah. We'll that's so up. cool. Let's hook and up then with when crew. I come home, uh, then that, that's my off-season finish then. And then I, yeah. I get to work for yeah. the next year, start prepping and planning. See, I, I think Antalya's got a kind of um, weird resonance like everything keeps threading back to Antalya yeah. one way or another yeah. you're off to Antalya last time we podded D- David you stepped away so you might not be aware mm. of what Sam Gaze actually said on the podcast because mm. he started talking about he no, I heard him I was there next to him do you see that? Oh, yeah. okay. he, he was, was, a, he was there at Antalya, Antalya but we didn't really kind of go and look him up, out well, did we? we did I, I called him an Australian in oh, commentary. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and his oh, and Amy kind of got And Amy had to yeah, Amy yeah. messaged me saying, "No, no, no, he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's not. Uh, trust me, yeah. he's from New Zealand. He's my boyfriend, so I should yeah. know." So he kind of like <laughs> did cross our our radar slightly. But what we hadn't realised, and we only found out in the podcast last time around, is that he, the end of the, coming away from the tour of Antalya, um, he that's when he discovered he had to have double knee surgery. That he had to recover from and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's all weaves back to Antalya somehow. Yeah, we haven't been, David. We haven't been booked for that race know, for next I year, know. have we? I'm kind of gutted actually. I, I, I liked it. No, but it was late. Mm. You, you, there's still time, and then also you need to. Um, well, that's why get, Pete. Get, I think when you're for out the there, the VIP um, experience or whatever. Oh no, I'm going to try and get Trinity to do it through you guys who haven't been booked yet to commentate on it. That that was it. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this is method. Or we just yeah. actually tell and also, listeners. David, or maybe, you, maybe you were actually, we could just po- say, actually, maybe we just organise an Everstray's far trip to Antalya during the tour of Antalya. Just anyway. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> That'd go be away. amazing. Just go, just go like, anyway. Want to come and hang out and just kind of ride bikes and go to Teramos. Is it Teramos? Termesos. Termesos. I hope they have the Queen stage again to Termesos. But we could be like, because I can't, I don't think that the crowds at the podium were particularly big, but we could be on the podium. Just in the crowds in the front yeah. in the front mm. row mm. every time like that. So when the when the cameras sort of pick out the crowds waiting for the podium for twenty minutes, it's just y- us three just standing there yeah, <laughs> with, exactly. our, with our phones ready to take pictures. Just go or, super fan. If you want big crowds, you could just go to the closest all inclusive hotel and sit by the pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I just get a podium <laughs> up there and just be like, "Oh, what's this?" Yeah. <laughs> be like, um, but you guys are definitely getting booked for that next year. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's good. Well, the thing is, we got we got a really late call about it last time yeah. because we were, we were fillers. We were fillers. The, well, the I got I got a, I got asked about it as well off Brian Smith. Yeah, I was going to say so. Brian Smith is like the yeah, fixer yeah. for He's the tour of Antalya, but I think I think Brian Smith wants to do it. You see, he really oh. wants. To. He couldn't do it last year. He was double booked. So if if Smithy decides he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Oh, so it's all on Smithy. It. Yeah, it's all on Smithy. That's why I think. Do you think he listens to the pod? That's why I don't think he listens. Probably not. No, I don't think so. Too cool for that. 
I think yeah, he's too he's, cool. he's, he doesn't need to know any, any he doesn't need any more knowledge about cycling no he's totally he's filled got, with it he's got he's lots like, he's totally at like capacity of knowing everything talking about, about talking about not recognizing George Hincapie and having to message you saying who's the beardy bloke when I switched on GCN's coverage of the world championships I had to message you again saying who's the Scottish bloke oh yeah <laughs> it was Smithy <laughs> six six Smithy it oh, COVID he did, Smith. Yeah, yeah. COVID Smith, yeah. yeah. COVID Smith. I loved it's his COVID voice. Smith. I love COVID Smith voice. I literally I didn't recognize I thought it was a good voice, good so voice well. actually. I thought, was, I thought it was a lovely voice. Yeah. I liked it. It's about an octave deeper than usual. Yeah, yeah. It, like, it, it was. A bit of depth to it. A bit of depth to it. It was a bit like your man, your rugby man, but not. Bill McLaren. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was a good The race. rider throws his arms in the air for the end of the World Championship bicycle race. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, so Remco, the, the young Belgian, put his fingers to his lips as a gesture of defiance in the face of the media at the end of the World Championship bicycle race. I don't... I think it's a bit... I mean, I know it's part of Remco's... I know it's part of Remco's character, that. But I think it's a bit... Rubbish when athletes do that. Did you see when he was a junior at the junior world and did that like chin thing? Oh yeah, what was that about? What was that? That must be a Belgian gesture because I've never done it before. <laughs> no, I've never done it before. It's like one day I'll grow Isn't a goatee. That weird? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, there was oh, yeah. when I was a kid. There was the thing uh, that you won't know. David, you might at a push. I might, I, I might bridge that, the gap between uh, your if, yeah, ancientness and Pete's youth. Yeah. If you, if you did that back mm. in the eighties, oh, yeah. what did that mean? Like liar, uh, liar. Well, for the podcast listeners, I am I am now scratching my chin vigorously. Mm. Yeah, no, but pulling, I, used pulling I used to do this in school, but I can't remember. You used to do it as well. That's thinking. Yeah. You could actually. That, that's you thinking, you Pete. That's like the thinking man. We are gently stroking no, your like chin. No, it's like used to like kids would always used to say, like, oh, like mm. as if to say, oh, yeah. You don't know. You, know, you don't know. You don't know. You're like, yeah, you have no like, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Go I on, think it's got, it's got well, it, it, well, it might have morphed in its meaning down through the decades, but back when I was a kid, that meant. Like, like you said, David, you're lying. Mm. You're a liar. And you'd sometimes accompany the gesture by actually saying, mm, mm, itchy chin. Itchy <laughs> wow. chin. Those uh, are the days, Huned, before Instagram and Twitter. Mm. It was yeah. a sim- they were simpler times. That was like social was media times. right back then. It's also like way less yeah. aggressive, isn't it? Mm. Like just, mm, itchy yeah. chin. Itchy yeah. chin, yeah. Itchy, yeah. Ch- itchy <laughs> chin. You know, it's very well, nuanced. Like, sat there going, "Oh yeah, whatever. Come on then, come on. What are you saying? Come on, let's have it." <laughs> yeah, times have changed. Have you got anything? Yeah. Can you leave well, us, Ned, with any excerpts from your your theatre? Do you want to practice anything that might help our listeners go to sleep or live in the mud? Um, no, I don't think so. No. I'm, re- I'm ready to go. I'm ca- I'm like, no, no, good? I'm there. I'm there. I just, you know, I'm a coiled spring. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm yeah. not very good at all. Right. But yeah, it's going to yeah. be a long, it's going to be a long mm. trip on the road. But I've mm. got like in that long list of days, I've got a lot of days off in between where I can't. I'm too far away from home to get home. So there's going to be a lot of podcasting from my point of view anyway during October. If you're up for it, happy with that. Well, you're yeah. going to check out the the cycle cross course, aren't you? I am. I'm doing a site visit. I need to. Yeah. Like, I'm literally doing a site visit in Tor Bay. To the cyclocross. Um, remind us what date it is again, David. The nineteenth uh, and twentieth. Nineteenth. Can you wear like a hard hat and a and a vest? Y- yes, yes, Pete. Like, like um, please do that. Grand please do that, Ned. Yeah. yeah. Like, a politi- like a politician doing like campaigning or something. No, no, like, like Alan Partridge on site. No, like, on site. Oh, oh, Wellies. You know, Grand Design. Vest. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- who's the guy who? Um, uh, who presenter. No one knows. Presenter. No one knows. He's yeah, he I is so good at his job. He is. You could be like him. 
but with cyclocross yeah. and tour yeah because yeah. yeah. we I could also play on the fact that it might not be ready you know and we're running out oh of money yeah and, you know you yeah, could do yeah, the whole yeah. crowdfund kind of get yeah. stuff you know? Um, yeah, and then you sit down at the end with the organising and you're like, right then, let's get to the crux of the matter. How much Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin McLeod, Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod, he's the presenter, yeah. I mean, do you think, how should I play this when I get down there, guys? Do you think I should be um, quite, demanding, quite I, demanding? Quite I think, like, I think you know, first of all, authority, yeah. huge, yeah. lots of hope beforehand, <coughs> yeah. excitement. Then when you get there, huge disappointment. Yeah. And then you've then got to build it up and kind of go, well, this is going to yeah. be impossible for you to f- finish this in time. Um, yeah. I think you're being over ambitious. This is yeah. uh, nobody has ever done this before. Um, yeah. I don't know what you're trying to do, but to be honest with you, I'm a yeah. bit worried that you're wasting all of our time. Yeah. And then but on the other hand, but on the other hand, I must say, if they pull this off, yeah, it'll if be amazing. The, if it, it would be, you know, it would, it would. The, it's going to be the Earth would move on its axis. Yeah. 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 And it's and the lighting, the lighting, the lighting oh. that you feel but, that, that yeah. skylight that's coming through. We'll have, <laughs> it, we'll, we'll feel like have, I'm in the center of the world. <laughs> We'll be the only cyclocross event in the world with indirect lighting. (laughs) (laughs) The architectural structure of this sandpit. Why is there no actual lights in the course? Oh, no, we we prefer indirect, so it kind of bounces off and you get just the shadows. I love it. Dappled lighting. Um, (laughs) Dappled. You hit the nail on the head there, Ned. (laughs) Do you think within the UCI regulations, can we use, like, smoke machines? Oh, well, you can... can We're going to need a generator anyway. Yeah, we're going to yeah. use a big generator. Yeah. So that can, we'll get a multi plug and attach the smoke you know machines that, to it. You know that enormous we'll truck in the. <laughs> you know that massive truck in the middle of the zone technique yeah, in the Tour yeah. de France? Just turn the generator that. truck. Oh. Get that. Just, get that just driven over from Just France. a power just piece amplifier. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but then this is what. So I, was, I had all these mad ideas and thoughts because one of them was when we were talking about Hunger Games with the crosswind section was to have like a thousand fans of hair dryers yep. um, on the right. But then nice. I started yeah. to think you've got to be well. We have to be environmental, environmentally Sustain- friendly. It's got to be sustainable. Yeah. yeah. So we can't be just plugging in these huge generators for the oh, sake of. I know where you're going with can this. Can we? Pete. We need to be careful with this. No, 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 no. I know where you're going. I was thinking you Go have on. essentially a spinning class, kind of sitting there, but they're all connected to one big fan. They're so it's yeah. just they're all powering oh, yeah. one fan. That, oh well, there you just, go. And it's just a headwind section. Yeah. Kind of. That's <laughs> that's your answer. That's your answer yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean. T- uh, Sorry, I mean some things. Like we're going to need a generator, so we are. Um, we'll, we'll use we'll a little use bit of petrol, biofuel. We'll we'll Bio try f- and we'll try and you know re-rectify re- 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 yeah. that in our mm. own ways um, by you know offsetting we'll, we'll in. Pl- we'll plant trees where the course used at to least, be. At least, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No, we'll do it Good. right. Well, I'll bear all this in mind. I'll relay it to the team um, who are putting the yeah. spades in the ground, even so, as we speak. So yeah. what we need, the main recon for me and David is, is mm. where the marquee tent's going to be situated, how um, you know what, how big it's going to be, what the corner looks like. So we need photo evidence yeah. of, of everything. Yeah. So then we can I go will, away I'll and then plan it. And we'll be like the architects, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. architects. In the meantime, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look online to get a, the biggest trophy I can find. Because I think mm. which the winning rider has to lift something just disproportionately fast. Well, they can't fast. lift because they can't lift up. Would be great. Yeah, that they, they literally can't lift up. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, it could just be a massive like silver ornate, you know, trophy cup, but filled mm. to the absolute brim. Uh, with some and could we get like a little bronze of us on the top of it, the three of us, <laughs> like a wedding cake, but quite small. <laughs> they just kind well. of just bolted onto the top, holding microphones. Yeah, it's the NSF. Yeah. 
yeah. kind of our oh, first yeah. ever trophy. Yeah, you know, we'll learn from that. It's ama- so Lance, there's Lance Armstrong in, in Mallorca with all these doing his move thing and yeah. listen to the conversation we're having. Yeah. It's just... Grassroots, man. Just we're with, we're with, down with the people. Apart, isn't it? Yeah. Worlds yeah. apart. All right, guys. Well, that was that went on longer than we'd anticipated. <laughs> Very yeah. nearly an hour of nonsense. All right, literally. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> content. Just we had a bit of seriousness hour. in the middle about the world. That was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, yeah. bit of content there. It's yeah. hard to be. It's hard not to be serious when in the background is that beautiful yellow jersey, Pete. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's just yeah. And the road book. You just when you move your yeah, shoulder back, you can see the road book. There's the road too. There with the vinyls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that on brand. Very good. Hi, hi. All right. All right. Yeah. Nice to speak to you both. See you soon. Yeah. Catch you later, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.